Well, welcome to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversations about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Ben Tyvel, and I'm one of the pastors at Calvary Church, and I'm your host today. And I'm joined by uh, my two good friends and colleagues, Pastor Tucker and Pastor Ralph. Welcome to the program today, guys. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, you guys. And my condolences for uh, a, uh, a tough Packer careful, game. Careful, careful. Uh, tough Packer season. Uh, wow. Well, I didn't know wow. we were going to go there right away. I but, didn't either. But there we are. I think, can we just mute him? We, yeah, post-production, I got some, some pull. Good. Yeah. So, um, fortunately, we are not going to spend our time today talking about the lowly Packers a- season. Amen. But, amen. Or uh, the Vikings. I don't want to talk about them either. Uh, there's probably quite a few out there that would like to talk about <laughs> yes. that, though. It would uh, get too raw. It, it might. It might. <laughs> we are going to talk about uh, spiritual gifts today that we had. Uh, we're in the middle of a series right now. Uh, talking about uh, tough questions and, uh, you know, concerned with, with the Christian faith. So we've been addressing uh, those questions in different formats, certainly from the pulpit, uh, but also uh, here on the podcast and also in blog, in, in the blog format. And we're going to kind of keep going with this. I mean, in a lot of ways, if you look at our podcast history, most of our podcast history is around tough questions, uh, but we're going to kind of continue to answer or do our best to at least have conversation about some of these questions. But we got quite a few questions around uh, spiritual gifts and, you know, what are they? What, what is the purpose of them? How do you, you know, how should we think about them? And so we're going to tackle a few of those here today. But where I'd like to start is just with that first question of, you know, what are spiritual gifts? I mean, where, where do we start when we think? when we think about spiritual gifts, I mean, I, I guess we could say we start with scripture, but Ralph, where, what, what are spiritual gifts? Where should we start with that question? Well, first of all, uh, my understanding from scripture is that spiritual gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit, and they are gifts that are used within the context of the body to uh, advance the mission of Jesus Christ and to be in service to others. Uh, Some of them would have a supernatural dimension to them and others would be the way in which God takes natural gifts that he's given us and uses them to uh, advance the mission of the church and build up the kingdom of God. So that's kind of where I come at from these. Yeah, and where are you pulling that? explanation from in scripture specifically? Well, there's there's three places in the New Testament. Uh, first of all, and probably the most comprehensive is Paul's book to the Corinthians, uh, cha- first letter, chapter 12, 13, and 14. Those three chapters delve into depth about spiritual gifts. And then also Ephesians chapter 4, written by Paul, and then Romans chapter 12. So uh, that's where we find um, the teaching about spiritual gifts and how they apply to uh, the church both then and now. Okay. So kind of in your explanation there, you you started to pivot towards maybe talking about, uh, you know, in talking about what they are, I think we naturally start to talk about what the purpose of the gifts actually are. And so maybe I'd, I'd love to go there next. 
um, what is ultimately the purpose of spiritual gifts, would, would we say? Tucker, do you want to take this or should I continue? Why don't you continue and then I'll see what I can add. Well, I, this, the v- most basic purpose that I understand is that they are to be used to build up the Church of Jesus Christ and in doing so to both uh, solidify the unity that we have through the Spirit, but also to advance the kingdom of God as we go out and use those gifts, both within the context of the church, but also within the greater community that God has put us to be a witness to Christ and his saving grace. Yeah, that's good. When I, um, as I'm reading in scripture, that does seem to come through very, very specifically, it's about edification and, um, you know, like you said, to encourage the body of Christ and really to help equip us or to, uh, to give us what we need in order to, uh, work towards that end, towards the encouragement of the body, towards the building up of the body of Christ. And, so, yeah, I think you're right on with that. I mean, there's a lot of nuance within that as far as how that plays out and what that looks like with each specific gift. But that's kind of the, that is the, I guess you could say the fun part of being in community. And I would say both experiencing the the reality of being given us a gift by God, right? When we were saying that, a spiritual gift is actually something that is imparted by God's spirit to us when we come into relationship with him through Jesus. And so it's not, you know, I think we would, we would say that it's not a a talent, you know, it's not something that sort of comes through the, uh, I mean, how would I say this, you know, to be, uh, to be created by God certainly is a miracle and each of us are, you know, through our, our DNA, we're given a specific sort of talents, right? And so I think there's something about God determining, okay, what what is Ralph going to, what is he going to be talented in, right? Um, but there's also an element of, of that, uh, whatever is a talent of yours comes out through your um, through your setting, right? Through your, the, the family that you're a part of and the experiences that you, that you have, but everybody has talents. Everybody has something that, uh, you know, from birth that they are inclined towards that we could consider a talent, but that's different. I, this is what we're saying, right? That's different than a spiritual gift. Well, well, I think if you look at, uh, Ephesians and Romans, Uh, Paul kind of gets at what are called ministries or graces. In fact, the term that Paul uses, charismato, would would be the the term that we we think of as gifts. And so the basic there is gift or charity. And I, I think that there are certain ways in which we have been naturally gifted by God at birth. For example, uh, many people appreciate my voice, particularly if they're over 75, because I'm, I have volume to it and people can understand me. I don't know that that's, I don't think that's a spiritual gift, although God has 
used it in a variety of ways that he's positioned me in youth ministry and senior adult ministry, pastoring, to that volume becomes a part of the way in which the ministry of the Holy Spirit uh, in me and through me is advanced. So I think even from myself, I know you're, and, and I agree with you, the gift of the Spirit is something above and beyond our talents, but I think it also can be uh, in partnership with our talents. It can collaborate with our talents to advance the cause of Christ in specific ways, and I think that's what you're saying, too. It's amazing, Ralph, that our listeners can hear you and you're not even using a microphone right now. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's a, it's a, it's a work it's a, it's a, of the Spirit. <laughs> oh, brother. It's probably dangerous to have three of us. <laughs> probably. <laughs> on one episode. <laughs> you know, uh, coming, I like the, let's maybe talk a little bit about Romans 12, one of the passages that you mentioned where Paul talks about, you know, by grace, and this is from the ESV, uh, Romans 12, 3, by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Feels like there's almost, uh, if you're listening to the other side of the telephone conversation here with the with the Romans, that maybe there was some jealousy within the church. I think we certainly see that in First Corinthians, uh, in First Corinthians 12, that there was some divisiveness and jealousy. Where do you think the um, why do you think Paul uses this body metaphor and what's the benefit of hearing this body metaphor, you know, in our own context when it comes to our spiritual gifts? And because I think we have the same tendency to want to say, well, their gift is better than mine. Or some might say, well, my gift is better than theirs. So this is why I'm in this role. Or how do, what is the point of the body well, or, metaphor? Or some might say, my gift doesn't matter. Yeah. And the body metaphor is to say each and every gift that God has given us is vital for the church, the body, to function in the way God designed it and intended. And I think one of the weaknesses of our church and of churches today is that less than half of the body is actually contributing to the mission that we've been called to to go on for the sake of Jesus Christ. And if we were all utilizing the gifts, both ministry gifts and supernatural gifts that God had given us, that we would not be in the same place we are right now where our influence on culture and society has been weakened and where we're seeing declining numbers in most churches in terms of people participating in a uh, personal way. Uh, so I, I think the metaphor is really important that each part of our body has a role and purpose, and we each need to be contributing to the whole work of the body by using our gifts to advance the cause of Christ. So to pick up on that, if if there really is a, you know, kind of this lack of, you know, everyone uh, participating, you know, in in the building up of of the body of Christ through through the use of their spiritual gifts. How do we? What do we do practically to to move in the direction of more people? I mean, a, a few things come to mind. One is 
how are we helping people understand what they are actually gifted in? So what does that process look like? And, and then once, once someone has an understanding of what they're gifted in, are we set up as the body of Christ to then be able to give them sort of a space to, uh, to do that building up, if that makes sense. I, I think these are two yeah. big questions of how do we help people and, and ourselves understand what we and they are actually gifted in, and then where do we exercise that gift? Like, how do we do that in the body? Maybe there's two parts to your to answer your question. There's one is a maybe a paradigm shift um, that that we need to undergo, and then secondly is more of the practical tools of actually how to identify gifts. And I think that the Ephesians four twelve, the other passage that um, that Ralph mentioned, that when Jesus ascended, sits at the right hand of the Father, He then gives. Apostles, prophets, this is verse 11, Ephesians 4, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and the shepherd teachers for a specific purpose, and that's to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we attain unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, uh, to, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So it's interesting that Paul emphasizes that there are certain gifts that are and offices that are given here in order to build up the body of Christ to attain maturity of, of faith in Christ. And I think often people think of, um, it's, you know, I, I come on a Sunday morning and, you know, I give my offering, uh, so that the paid professionals can do ministry. And, and Paul actually says it's, it's the opposite. It's the 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 pastors. It's the the teachers. And the pa- and I think one can make the case he's talking about the same group of people here, the pastor teachers, and then it's the evangelists and the apostles. They're called to equip the body in order to do ministry by exercising their spiritual gifts that we then that we can unpack in First Corinthians, you know, twelve through fourteen and and um, Romans twelve. And then you know, there's. There's great tools that are available. One's on our website uh, in order to discern what your spiritual gifts are. So I think I first would say it's a mindset shift that actually everybody who has professed, repented and professed faith in Jesus is called into ministry. And number two, it's to identify what those particular gifts are. And, And I think as pastors, we've sometimes failed to be more intentional in speaking to those that we minister to or minister with about the gifts we see in them. I remember when I was 14, I was asked by the pastor of our church to be the children's church teacher. And I was given the opportunity as a, as a freshman in high school to teach each Sunday the Bible lesson to the children that were gathered in children's church, which I think was like first through third grade, maybe kindergarten. And the pastor took me out too and uh, took me out to lunch. And he said, Ralph, I see in you the spiritual gift of teaching. And I, I want to encourage you in that gift. I want to encourage you to use that gift. And so I 
was involved in doing that, and I continued to find that there were many ways. It, it blessed me when I did it. I really, I really felt blessed and encouraged, and and I continued to find ways in which I could use that gift to advance the good news of Jesus Christ. So I, I think pastors and other ministry leaders need to have a sensitivity to those that they are working alongside to say, I see this in you. I, I, I believe I see in you. I, I know I saw early on in my son Nathan uh, a gift for evangelism. Uh, when he was just 10 years old and, and he and I were riding back from church and talking about what had gone on in church that morning, and he said to me, Dad, I want to I wanna tell my friends about Jesus. And that very same day, when I'm coming downstairs, I overhear him talking to one of the boys from across the street, and he's telling them, He's telling him about Jesus, and I, I just sense that he had that gift, and I've seen it in a number of ways through his years of, of ministering that. So I agree. We need to take inventories, and I think they're helpful. I think they're a good starting place, but we also need to affirm the gifts we see in people. Um, one, of my, one of my joys in development work for Bethel was to see the gift of generosity in people and to be able to encourage them to use that gift in terms of the ministry to the church and missions, but also to the ministry of, of Bethel. And uh, so, and it shouldn't be just limited to pastors. I'm, I'm saying we probably have maybe the most opportunity, but there are certainly others out there who are leading ministries that can see that, um, those gifts. Do you feel like it's possible? I mean, I, so what if, if someone says, you know, I'm just not gifted in the area of evangelism. Um, so then thus I'm off the hook. I don't have to share my faith. How do we think through, uh, you know, I pick, we, I pick on evangelism f- primarily because I think that's probably the most common one that that people either either have the excuse to get out of it so that, they don't have to share their faith, or that every evangelist seems to think that everybody should exercise the gift of evangelism to the measure that they do, is another thing that I feel like I commonly see. Where do you, I mean, how does, so yeah, in one sense, we're gifted with particular gifts, but in the other sense, someone might exercise the gift of evangelism or teaching or shepherding to a greater measure than we do if they've been gifted in a particular way. Is that, um, how should we think through that, do you think? Well, one thing I would say is that if, I mean, that certainly takes place within the body of Christ. So I don't think that if I'm not gifted in a in an area like evangelism, that that somehow, uh, you know, that that gets me off the hook for being ready to give an answer for the hope that I have or to share Christ in the settings that that he has me in and in the, in the relationships that I'm in, I think what it does is that it allows that person in, in a lot of ways who is gifted in evangelism to come alongside and to mentor or to be in relationship with me in a way where I can look to them and I can learn from them. I think that's a part of even how we come to understand what we're gifted in, right? We, we, come to understand what we're, what we're gifted in through, through teaching, uh, through things like 
you talked about Tucker, like an assessment that, that we also have available right here online, but there's also, we look to others in the body and there's this recognition that, okay, wow. Yeah. Ralph, he's got the, the gift of evangelism. I'm going to hang out with Ralph in different settings. And I'm going to, as a part of being discipled myself, I'm going to be with Ralph. I'm going to watch how it is that he goes about telling others about Jesus. And I'm going to learn from that. And I'm certainly going to be stretched and I will have my own way of, of doing that in my own, not in my own life, but like in the context that God puts me in, but I'm going to learn much from someone who God has given that gift to. And so, and I think it would be similar with the other gifts. And that's a part of, I mean, that blesses Ralph because he's operating from his gifting and he has a sense of, of passing that along. Right. Or, and then I'm certainly uh, blessed by that because I, I'm challenged and I'm encouraged and I'm, you know, and I'm growing in my ability to do the same. Yeah. I, I think the, the great commission makes it clear that all of us are responsible to engage in witnessing to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, some of us are going to have a greater impact because we have been gifted with the evangelistic spirit, the evangelistic mindset. And so we maybe have more opportunities because there's this higher awareness of where those opportunities lie. But all of us need to be engaged in doing the work of evangelism. Uh, I also really believe, I was taught this early on in ministry, that I always need to have a mentor and then I always need to have a mentee. So there's always someone that I'm looking to to pour into my life to be an example for me and also somebody that I'm seeking to pour into their life as well. And I think those who have similar gifts or those who have a similar inclination in their form of ministry become become the people that I'm going to gravitate towards in those situations. Here's something that I've been kind of pondering the last couple of weeks. So tell me where I'm wrong or be curious to see your thoughts on this. Paul's commands, you know, to the church to uh, be unified and exercise the gifts um, is being spoken to the church community as a whole, since he's using plurals. And so if the call is to make disciples, um, my thought is, does that best happen when everybody is exercising their particular gifting in the way that God's called them? So like the teachers, when they're exercising their gift of teaching, is done so in a way that's it's equipping so that perhaps the evangelists can be on the the front line, so to speak, and having the conversations. And uh, those who are have the gift of hospitality can exercise that, that gift of hospitality. And um, so that even the teachers, let's, I'm just using teachers as an, as an example, but if they're exercising their gift or if those who show hospitality are exercising their gift as part of the body, they're actually f- working to fulfill the Great Commission because the body itself, uh, the plural you is seeing themselves as on mission to the world, you know, the world to share the gospel. So I'm not saying that like the teachers never share their faith with their neighbor across the street, 
or those who show hospitality never open their mouths to, to actually proclaim the gospel, but that in exercising their particular gift, they are engaging in the process of making disciples because it's the whole body that's in view. Does that make sense, or...? I think it absolutely does. And and having had some work with the Billy Graham Association in ministry, Billy would have been the first one to say to somebody, there's a whole team of people making sure the audio is working, making sure the stage is set, making sure, you know, Cliff Barrows was leading the singing in a way that brought people's hearts and minds together. So it's a team of people. And I think one of the things we're trying to do through missional communities is really plant the seed in people's hearts and minds that we do what we do on Mission for Christ together. We're not out there as lone rangers, but we're in partnership with others. And when we're in partnership with others, our ability to advance the cause of Christ is far greater than if we're trying to do it solo. Yeah, I would agree. I think just to build off of the example that you gave uh, around missional community and kind of our you know, shifting towards this model of ministry doing uh, really, yeah, we're using a particular model that, that where we are encouraging people to come, you know, come together around a specific mission or a specific people where re- ongoing relationship can, uh, can happen with people who don't yet know Jesus. And, I think what's part of what's unique in that setting, that smaller group kind of setting where everybody has a sense of being on mission is that it really does allow for the different, you know, sort of all the different gifts to be exercised and to have a place of, of, I would say a greater fulfillment than if it's focused on just let's say uh, the Sunday morning service and that, you know, kind of the corporate worship gathering where I think in some ways that's, that is where we can get hung up a little bit. I was going to, I was going to try to bring in this question because uh, I was imagining that some folks might have this question around, well, okay, so if I am gifted in something that, uh, it, for example, um, you know, maybe I'm gifted in something like prophecy, which we could, we could talk more about that. Or one of these gifts that is not necessarily uh, as, easy, as easily transferable to the corporate worship setting in the church. Uh, the question of, okay, where, where and how do I exercise my gift? You know, where do I, kind of in another sense where do I volunteer? Where do I get involved? You know, so I guess what I'm saying is that when we think about the church, which is the body of Christ, I think what I'm highlighting is the importance of, of all three kind of components of what it means to be the body of Christ, that we uh, worship God together, that we, we lift him up, right? He, we glorify him through word and deed and action, and that happens for sure in a corporate worship setting, we we go in with one another, like with other believers. We sharpen one another in our faith, right? We, we grow and we edify one another. 
but we also need this out component like Jesus had, which was, uh, you know, very intentionally going out and being in relationship with people who don't yet know Jesus. And that is outside the four walls of the church. It's, it can certainly happen within if they decide to come through the doors, but a lot of that is going to happen outside the four walls. So if we're, if we're working to do that together, if we're looking to exercise gifts with one another, um, I, I think, again, coming all the way back to the missional community model, I think it's a great model for where it is that we can see kind of this regular uh, practicing of, of, of all the spiritual gifts. And there's a little bit maybe more opportunity to do that than if we just think of our church experience as coming to a building on a Sunday or a Wednesday night. So it's not to devalue those things, but to say hey, that's not all of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ and to exercise spiritual gifts. It, what that reminds me of, Ben, is the how multiple times in the New Testament, you know, the church is referred to as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, think of 1 Corinthians, you know, 3.16 is, is one example. And as the temple that every member of the temple of the Holy Spirit should exercise its proper function and role. And just as in the Old Testament, we see the priests, uh, I mean, First Peter refers to us as, as priests, you know, Hebrews refers to us as priests, that like, the priests in the temple had a specific function that they were to play. In the same way, those who are members of Christ's body have uh, a, a specific role to play. Like we all have a a particular role to play um, as mem- as members of the body of Christ, as a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and that is so vital for us all to understand as believers. And if you're out there and you're wondering, where do I get some help? Maybe beyond the assessment, and that'd be a good place to start. Come and sit down with one of us. Let us talk through. I, I, I know that we could help direct people in in some specific way to understand more fully their their gifts. And even if it is the gift of prophecy, boy, I, I see a need for people to be exercising that gift, um, particularly in a lot of counseling situations. I was talking to a couple yesterday morning at church, and their son is has had some serious health issues, may never walk again, but he's not accepting it. When I said, is he counseling with anybody? Is anyone feeding into his life? And they said, no, because he said, if I can't walk again, I might as well die. You know, and he's he's losing sight. He's a believer. He's losing sight of what God's purpose in all of this might be. Um, someone like Johnny Erickson Tata had a grasp on this in a way that probably few of us will will ever have. But she was not about to let her life go. God had a purpose in what was going on, and and that's where we need to be at. That's good. Thank you, Ralph. Thanks, Tucker. This has been a good conversation. There's a lot more to unpack here. So like Ralph said, if you're listening to this and you'd like to explore this more, certainly reach out to us here on staff and We'd love to continue the conversation with you. And again, we've got access to an assessment that would at least give you a place to start when it comes to spiritual gifts. And then we've got these other parts of how we figure this out, right? Which is walking alongside one another. And um, so we, we would love to 
uh, to walk with you. So I want to thank you for listening today. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, visit us at calvarychurch.us. You can also check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. And we want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. We look forward to having you join us again next week.